We would like to offer our respects to the traditional elders of all generations upon whose lands this podcast has been created, including the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation. We'd also like to extend that respect and recognition to any First Nations listeners. How well do you think you know someone? Maybe your initial impressions are all wrong. What if their real stories are more interesting, more amazing and more surprising than you ever expected? This is Let Me Tell You from SBS Voices. I'm Caitlin Chang. And I'm Sarah Malik. And we are your hosts as we hear the unexpected stories behind ordinary people's lives. All of these stories were originally written for SBS Voices, Australia's home of diverse storytelling. But they were so good, we thought they deserved to be spoken out loud. So first up, we hear from Ala Paredes, who was once a celebrity in the Philippines. We're talking billboards, being a host on TV, photo shoots, hair, makeup, the whole shebang. She then moved to Australia and started again as a barista. Yes, it was a bit of a um, reverse Cinderella moment, but also a really cracking yarn. So here is I Was a Celebrity in the Philippines and a Barista in Australia by Ala Paredes. The customer is acting weird. He's been hanging around the counter, even though I handed him his green tea frappe 10 minutes ago. Can I help you? I ask. Could you sign my cup, please? He says. I'm a fan. Though slightly embarrassed, I sign his cup, while my workmates eye me with suspicion. It doesn't really go down well in the workplace when you explain that you're a celebrity in another country. Life was very different in the Philippines just a few months back. Fresh out of uni in 2006, I was a model, blogger, and a video jockey for a music channel. My face beamed from screens, magazines, and billboards. My blog was a big deal and had a throng of dedicated followers. I had a voice, and the future was full of promise. So, when my family decided to move to Australia, I was reluctant. We want you to have a choice, they said. A choice between the glittering path of celebrity and influence versus what exactly? They were vague, and I remained unconvinced. But a few months before our move, a sailing trip changed everything. I was invited to spend a week on a ship, blogging about the movement of an international team of environmental activists. The way they live inspired me. Being there made me feel unanchored, alive, daring. It terrified me. I realized I'd kept close to the harbor all my life, never really questioning who I was. My reality felt sheltered, my glittering path safe and predictable. I knew then that I had to get on that plane to Australia. I arrived at my bags full of confidence. I saw myself as having unique skills and experiences that I couldn't wait to put to use in my new country. But Australia saw me differently. When I arrived in the land of opportunity, my English and education were doubted, and any experience that didn't take place in Australia got brushed away. It was as though my life, you know, the promising one, had never really happened. 
At one point, I was turned away from a job as a sandwich hand because I was told I lacked Australian bread-slicing qualifications. Had I really forsaken my future to move to a country that didn't trust me to make sandwiches? I was in the trenches of depression when an older immigrant spoke to me. This is the game you must play, he said. Things are different here. Make your CV as plain as possible. Just do anything you can to get your first job. After that, things will be easier. With those words, I threw pride out the window. On my CV, I crossed out my colorful career history and was reborn as a fresh graduate with good communication skills and a willingness to learn. That same week, a local cafe gave me my first job. For the first time in my life, I worked with my hands, my back, and my body. I made coffee, mopped floors, took out the rubbish, and cleaned toilets. I served people who were nice and some people who were nasty. At the end of the day, I would collapse in a heap smelling like sour milk and stale espresso. And I loved it. I saw in that job the small beginnings of a new life. The first few bricks being laid down with my own hands. It was my life, not anyone else's. The anonymity that once made me feel invisible now felt liberating. I was nobody, and I was free. My past didn't simply disappear, of course. My old and new lives would sometimes collide in comical ways. Filipino tourists would enter the cafe and recognize me. Confused by why I was in Australia, mopping floors. My colleagues would also wonder why people wanted a photo taken with me, you know, in my dirty apron and milk-stained shoes. But building a new life was not always easy. While I marveled at gaining a new set of possibilities, I grieved the loss of old roles and aspirations. I would look back at the parts of me that didn't get the chance to flourish in Australia and wonder what might have been. Losing an identity is like chopping off a limb. You still feel it itch even when it's not there. Perhaps immigrants are always divided, proud and grateful for what they've built, but never forgetting what they gave up for it. It is not exactly regret that we feel, but a longing to somehow unify the past and present into a picture that makes sense. It comforts me to think that somewhere in an alternate universe is another me who chose not to leave and who wonders about the kind of life she would have had if she had gone to Australia. And that was Ala Paredes performing I Was a Celebrity in the Philippines and a Barista in Sydney. Welcome to the show, Ala. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Now, Ala, this is an extraordinary story and it got such an amazing response from readers. Um, can you paint a picture of your life as a celebrity? Okay, so I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl, really sort of like wholesome, you know, Mandy Moore type of personality. So I was like a fashion brand endorser and endorsing lots of other, you know, products. So I was on a lot of billboards and ads and TV commercials. And I was also a video jockey for a, TV, uh, for a music channel rivaling MTV. Music TV was cool then. <laughs> so you're basically like a millennial it girl. You were, you yes. were an influencer. An influencer before the influencer. Before social media, yes. I love it. So coming from all of that, why did you turn your whole life upside down? 
to move to Australia? Well, it was my dad's idea. Um, he had gone to Sydney once in the 80s and had fallen in love with it. And I think a lot of Filipinos have this dream of migrating. Like there's this big wave of American migration. But he didn't want to move to America. Like he fell in love with Sydney more. And I knew nothing about Australia. Nobody did. And... And in the end, I decided to go ahead with it because, um, like I mentioned in the piece, I went on this sailing trip and I met these environmental activists who were my age, who had left behind their life to sail around the world and campaign for, you know, for a cause. And I just thought, wow, that's like wild and like just so different. And I wanted my life to be different and unpredictable after that. So. And I, I guess it was pretty different when you kind of, you know, started working as a barista how did that feel going from, you know, being on billboards to then working behind an espresso machine? It was a really big adventure for me. Um, like even, you know, cleaning toilets and mopping floors. Like I was actually really grateful to be able to do that. I had a really sheltered upbringing and I always kind of wanted to fill in those gaps in my upbringing. Like I really had a longing for it and, I, you know, I wanted to experience the real world. You know, I guess you can see what kind of background I come from, kind of like, <laughs> you know, very sheltered. So, Ala, you come from a family of celebrities. Yes, I do. Tell us about your dad. Okay, so my dad, I would say he's kind of like the Paul McCartney of the Philippines. He used to be part of this singing group. And they're like, I guess they would say they're like the Beatles of the Philippines in a sense that they have like a ton of hits that both the young and old know. What's the name of the group? They're called APO, A-P-O. Wow. Yeah. And so does he get recognized here as well? Oh, yes. Far more than me. Like everywhere he goes. I mean, everywhere he goes where there's a Filipino, he gets recognized. So basically you grew up as a child of celebrities and you were also a celebrity yourself. So that must have been an extraordinary childhood. Yes. And that's why I was, that explains why I was so sheltered and why it was very easy to get my foot in the showbiz door. I mean, that's how it works, you know. Your last name just opened the door for you. I was almost expected to be a celebrity. Wow. Yeah. And now you've kind of kicked the family tradition and your. Well, you're still an artist, so it's still creative, but it yeah, just doesn't have well, the celebrity. Yeah, so, yeah, so art also runs in the family. But, you know, none of my three siblings um, went down the showbiz road. So I guess we've all kicked the tradition. Your fame intruded in the real world in very real ways. You had fans coming up to you asking for your autograph as you're making flat whites. Mm -hmm. What was that like? It was really awkward. Um, like I wanted to be just you know, I just wanted to be a good barista in Australia, but I also wanted to be gracious to the people. You know, it takes fans a lot of courage to come up to you and introduce themselves. So I always wanted to, to be gracious to people who did that, while at the same time keeping it discreet. But of course, my workmates would give me the side eye, like, you know. <laughs> what? Who is this girl? Yeah, exactly. What were some of the responses of your colleagues in the cafe? Well, they'd just kind of be like, what the hell was that? And then I'd be like, ah, oh, just some people who know me. And they would leave it at that. It was funny. They weren't really all that curious, but they, were just, they would just kind of be annoyed. Right. <laughs> Inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so did it, happen, did it happen that often? How often would this happen? I'd say about once every month or maybe once every couple of months. And, 
even now, like sometimes, like I haven't been a barista for a while now and I still get approached maybe once a year if I'm out in the street, someone will recognize me. Wow. So you swapped soirees for soy cappuccinos. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. I mean, it is an incredible story and it was one of our most read stories. Um, What does it feel like for you to have your story reach such a huge audience? Um, I really wasn't expecting such a huge response. When I sent in the story, I thought, oh, this this is probably the worst one I've written. I'll do better next time. I didn't really know what my own story was about. It just seemed like a kind of like, you know, different kind of like this weird child that I'd produced. And I was like, how will people receive this? Like who will be able to relate to, you know, ex-celebrity moving to Australia and having a difficult time? Who will actually empathize with me? (laughs) Nobody, you know, but I was inundated with responses, um, not from former celebrities, but by people who had given up perfectly good lives to migrate and who went through the whole journey of self-doubt and, you know, finding themselves and who, you know, wouldn't change their decision. You know, so I was really like humbled and it was such a big surprise. Wow. Because, you know, you you get messages every day, even now, right? I still get messages. Like I got this four page email from this guy about two weeks ago. Like I read your article. I just want to tell you about my life now. And he told me basically everything about his life and his upbringing. And now he's like, so now knowing what you know about my life, do you think I should move? And what made you stay? And you know, and I'm like, whoa, I think I'll try to get back to you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, making these decisions like immigrating, they're such emotional decisions. They're, uh-huh. It's such a big life change. And there's a lot of assumptions about why people immigrate. And I think it resonated with so many people because of that. Um, why did you write this piece? I just had to get it out of me. And also because when I moved here, a lot of people assumed that I had moved here, you know, out of hardship. You know, I was, I came from a struggling country. I was poor, you know, it was like there was only one migration story that they knew about. Like, I remember going on a date um, in my first year here and the guy took me to dinner and he was like, really casually, so are you a boat person? And I didn't even know what that was. And I was like, what's that? You know, did you come here on a boat? I'm like, no, I came here on a plane, you know? And he was like, so did you go to university or the equivalent of? Like there's no universities in the Philippines. Exactly. And I was like, what? you know, like, what are you on about? (laughs) It shocked me. It shocked me. Yeah. So this was kind of like your response to that in a way and kind of tracking your journey to Australia. What was it like adjusting here? Um, It was pretty difficult. Um, I was just in a different wavelength. Like I came here and I could speak English and I was educated and all that, but I was just completely different mindset. I couldn't really understand the culture. You know, I grew up watching American Hollywood movies and I just assumed Australia would be the same. I didn't realize that, you know, it would just be so different, like underneath the surface. And I really, really missed home a lot. Did you miss having your face on billboards, be honest with us? (laughs) Um, I guess I missed the attention a little bit because, you know, attention can be addicting. I mean, let's be honest. But I was also happy to be anonymous and... You know, I was a celebrity at a time before social media, and I'm very glad for that. And, you know, it. I wanted to let that identity die through the years, although I was also a bit reluctant because I was, you know, you're taught that you're supposed to want fame, you know, that fame is prized. So kind of letting go of that mindset as well and realizing that I was happy without that. That took a long time here in Australia. And I'm really happy that there's not a lot of like footprints left behind on the internet of my celebrity days because... 
I think that's really interesting, like how you just created a new life for yourself. And in the end, you talk about this parallel Allah, you know, what her life would have been like. What would her life have been like? Do you think about that? Yeah, I do. Although less now. I used to think about it a lot. But I'd probably maybe still be in showbiz or maybe I'd be doing some social work, but still be in showbiz, you know, kind of like using celebrity and social work together and, you know, doing a lot of art, maybe pretty much the same sort of thing that I do here. You know, I mean, moving to Australia didn't stop me from following my passion. It just maybe gave me less, you know, I have less influence here because I'm not a celebrity, but. You know, if anything, celebrity can be a hindrance with some things. Like art, for example, I'm also an artist. Nobody would take me as seriously as an artist if I were also a celebrity. You know, you'd be like a model who paints. Yes. <laughs> you know. Model slash artist. Yeah, or celebrity who writes. And I really didn't want to be that. And do you remember when you first moved here and you had this newfound anonymity, were the things that you did, like what did you enjoy most about kind of being anonymous and not having that celebrity title here? Hmm, I think, um, (laughs) hard to answer. At first I did not enjoy it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my champagne, darlings? (laughs) Don't you know who I am? (laughs) I think it was when I started going to, um, because I studied illustration here in Sydney, right? And, um, you know, my teachers didn't know who I was, so they were able to give, you know, an unbiased opinion of my work. And, you know, I've always been an artist, first and foremost, like artist and writer. I love being anonymous and having, you know, being given honest opinions about my work and kind of like growing in that sense and not being, you know, fawned over. And, you know, when you're a celebrity, you get a lot of flattery. And I always hated that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it would have been grounding for you to be away from all of that. Definitely. Perhaps, you know, that instead of that city life and that busyness, you've kind of got a new life here where you're settled and you've, you know, have a family now. And maybe that would have not been your road in the Philippines. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about, like, what, who you would have been in what kind of different environment. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And can you still whip up a really complicated coffee order? Like what's the most annoying coffee order? Oh, the ones with like tons of customizations. Like can I make it like, you know, one-fourth strength with a pump and a half of caramel and I want it done (laughs) at like uh, exactly 20 degrees and also half skim, half full, you know, half full cream. But I can probably still whip up coffee in my sleep, like to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Are you extra kind to baristas and cafe workers? I am, yes, I am. Amazing. Thank you so much, Allah, for being with us. We love to have you here and hearing your insights on the piece because, like we said, it was one of the most read um, on the site. And it was the most read last year, I think. Yeah. Really? That's yes. amazing. That's so Does amazing. that just blow your mind, Allah? Totally, yeah. Like I said, I didn't think many people would empathise with it, but, you know, I would get messages even from people from other countries who had migrated to other countries, not Australia, you know. It just... It just kind of resonated with people who had migrated all over the world. And people were pouring out their life stories to me and these really, really long Instagram messages, you know. And I had to keep apologizing, like, guys, I'm so sorry I can't reply to everyone. I have two kids, but, you know, just know that I I read all your stories and thank you so much for opening up to me. So thank you, SBS, for for giving a platform to air my story out. Thank Thank you you. for sharing your story with us. Thanks for being with us, Salah. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. 
gosh, that was a great story. I like how you described it as、um, reinverting perceptions. It's like a bit of a reverse sea change. I know. It's such an unexpected and thoughtful yarn. And I reckon Arla would just be one of those people you would love to be seated next to at a dinner party. She'd have such great stories to yeah, share. Yeah, definitely. So we've got some even more fascinating people coming up this season, don't we, Caitlin? We do. Next episode, we'll hear from Vicky Kiriakakis. She's going to talk to us about the unusual childhood experience that has stayed with her for the rest of her life. I mean, most of my life, I just thought about it as something cool that happened to me when I was little. In later years, though, I think I have grappled with its legacy, with this lingering sense that I'm out of place and this feeling that no matter where I am, home is always somewhere else. Let Me Tell You is produced by Sarah Malik and Caitlin Chang, with audio by Jeremy Wilmot and Max Gosford. Our executive producers are Natalie Hambly and Danielle Toich. If you'd like to read more of our stories, head to the SBS Voices website at sbs.com.au forward slash voices. Why do people want to be at work? To feel heard, appreciated. Part of something, and to know there's a career path for everyone. Inclusive workplaces are linked to increased innovation, productivity, and employee satisfaction. Make your organisation a place where people want to be. For inclusion and diversity training, visit inclusion-program.com.au.